Two hours every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. 101.9 High FM, Chai Chinuchthoravegi. We are back, as we do every Monday between 2 to 3, where we discuss education, what's new in the world, what's new in the community, what can we get inspired from, what can we learn, how can we make this world a better place, what is our mission here in the world, here in the community, as an individual, as part of a group, as a leader, and just like what's happening. And today I want to focus very uh, different than what we normally do, is I'm trying to give a focus about what's happening inside the community, what's happening here and how is the interaction between communities um, in the Jewish community here in Johannesburg? And I think there's a lot to learn, a lot to know, and we will get to it very shortly. Just to share a very inspiring thought that somebody shared with me, and I feel like I have to share it here on the show. Uh, somebody spoke to me just this weekend. We were out Shabbos lunch by somebody, and we were talking uh, very special uh, people, friends. And one of the people there was giving an experience that he had by going overseas. And he said that he was at a place that was really functioning in the worst way ever. He was in a very high-level uh, uh, restaurant, let's say, and he was there to, to for some kind of meeting or convention. And it was just running poorly. And he was starting to get a bit frustrated. And he mentioned to somebody, like, what's happening? Why is this place not functioning? And the guy said, you know, he showed him on the brochure of the place that the owner of the place actually took as a mission in life to take people off the streets that have nothing happening in their lives and reconnect um, them to society and to the world by giving them positions. So, you know, it takes time. And in the beginning, that uh, everything's all over the place. And he said that within a split second, he changed from being frustrated to actually being inspired and not caring about the mess and not caring about what's happening and actually being so touched. And he tells me, you know, how can we really change our view and thoughts in seconds by just knowing a bit more information, by just looking around and just getting another perspective? And that perspective very clearly comes from thinking comes from looking around, comes from understanding there's another side to the story. And that's what we kind of do here on the show, is actually see another side to the story, another thing that's happening, look around, see what can we learn. So one of the biggest questions I have, uh, how to get inspired and to learn is when I look around, is for years I've been knowing the communities here that want to get involved with youngsters, want to get involved with people, uh, would take them on tours, go around, take them to Israel, see the holy places, get inspired. And I was just giving a look at one of the uh, probably most effective communities and large out communities here in the commun in Johannesburg, Aish. I'm sure everybody knows, everybody heard. And I heard that part of the inspiring trip and connecting to roots and learning about themselves and each other, they went to Thailand. And I felt that that's something we need to discuss here in the show because that's different than everything I would have imagined. So, when we need to figure something out, we have here in the show the people that make decisions. So, good afternoon, Rabbi Shlomo Karpis. Thank you so much for being with us. You are in charge of the recruiting, the, the public relations, um, um, getting people involved in the community at AISH. That's right. Okay. Thank you for having me. 
So before we even start, Thailand? Yeah, so th- th- it's, an, it's an interesting uh, discussion. I wasn't the one who went along with my colleague Rabbi Ziskin and his wife took about uh, 20-odd students to Thailand in December. How jealous were you? Uh, yeah, it was, it's interesting to go see new places, and apparently it's really, really beautiful up there. So um, what, what's interesting, there's actually a lot of different, uh, before we actually get into it, a lot of different questions you might ask about Thailand in general and where in Thailand, etc. Um, but uh, before we get to that, just understand the concept of why would an outreach organization like Asia Torah in South Africa want to take students on a trip to Thailand as opposed to the Holy Land, to Israel? So, chas v'sholem, God forbid, we wouldn't want to take students to Israel. Israel is the ultimate. That's where we want to take them. That's where the Asia Torah headquarters are, right opposite the Kotel. We, um, as an international organization, we own 40% of the property which faces the Kotel. Anyone who's ever been to the Kotel in Yerushalayim and you stand there, you just take a, you just turn around 180 degrees. You'll sounds see the, uh, yeah, it sounds yeah. a lot for a non-profit organization. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll see, and that's a story in itself how we got that. But you'll see that um, there's the the Aish World Center over there and the Yeshiva over there, and we're always trying to get uh, people to go and visit and to uh, and to be inspired by what we have to offer over there, the programs that we have. Um, over so the, I, I got to yeah. stop you because okay. we still need to get to the answer. So then, why Thailand? But we're going to have to hear that answer right after the short ad break, and we will be right back. This is Soul to Soul on one hundred one point nine High FM. 101.9 We are back I'm in studio here with Rabbi Shlomo Karpis, who's the outreach of um, Aish, pretty much the connection between the community of Aish here in South Africa to the rest of the community here in South Africa. Um, so much happening over there. And we were just before the breaks trying to figure out why Thailand. As for those who are joining us right now, you have taken a whole group of students from here to Thailand to get inspired to learn about themselves why right so so basically um, what happens is is that uh, with uh, the, the tremendous merit and schus that we have to be involved and to work with uh, with students from all walks of life we we connected in the schools we, we go into the schools in King David Yeshiva College Eden College Crawford College we've got we do informal education in the, in those schools and ultimately when they come out of school and they go into university and some of them even um, just out of university these students a lot of them have had the experience we've got so so many opportunities through school at least Jewish students Students in South Africa um, to go to Israel, and they've had the opportunities along the way. They've been there, and it's almost like, from their perspective, not from our perspective, we want to keep going back, but from their perspective, there's a lot of the idea that being there, done that type thing. So, so it's very difficult to try and get a, a, a student just out of university who wants to travel and see the world and, and, and take some time out. To say when you say Israel, say so yeah. Well, I went in. Uh, I went in grade in grade ten. I went in. Uh 
grade 11. I went on this program, on that program. I've done it. I loved Israel. Israel was amazing. We had an incredible time. But uh, I want to, you know, there's other parts of the world. And it's, and so we, we wanted to tap into that. We want to be able to be a part of that and take people to places that they would, they would be excited about going to see. And whilst doing that, have an experience with them where we can help them grow in their lives. So, so what happened was is there's an organization which is actually run by one of the Aish rabbis. It's a separate organization, not part of Aisha Torah, but he actually works for Aisha Torah International in, uh, um, in Israel, his name is Jamie Carland, Rabbi Jamie Carland, and he started an organization called Justify. Justify have been doing Thailand trips um, for for Jewish organizations from all around the world for a number of years now, and uh, we jumped onto the bandwagon just last year. We asked him if he could do it, so they're very, very well organized. One of the questions that I'm sure a lot of the community would want to understand and, and know about and might be hanging in your head, which was definitely for us was before we decided to to go on a journey to take uh, students to Thailand was um, where where in Thailand are you going? If before that, I'm yeah. just fascinated and blank, and I'm yeah. like, wow, because I think it's very important that we reach the point that uh, we look uh, outside our, our our close vision, and if we want to inspire students around us and we want to inspire people, I think to say, okay, I want Israel, but because I know that I'm trying to connect to somebody and they will be more inspired and more touched by something else um, then I'll go with them I think that's an amazing thing mm. and and I'm I'm actually um, amazed and I think I'm sure where in Thailand has to do with my next question that I wanted to ask is like I'm sure the trip has something to do there I mean part of the journey what is the journey about what do you do there and Probably where do you go is a big part of it. Exactly. Even though I, I never, I, I never went on the trip. My colleague Rabbi Ziskin went on the trip. He would be maybe you want to bring him in, him in, in at a different stage, but um, and he can tell you about all the unbelievable things that they um, did there. But in a general way, that you know the concept from from a conceptual perspective was one of the questions that many people asked when we did it was how can you take um, as a as a religious organization or an outreach Jewish organization um, students to uh, number one places where every, where some of the best beaches are in the world and some also of the of the best uh, um, uh, so to speak things that are completely against uh, Judaism and religion why why would you want to put people and students and go with them to a place where you're gonna, uh, where you're gonna come across a lot of these different things that are not so, not so Jewish, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, um, it basically represents everything that you're against. On some level, or yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so why would you? So, so why would you do that? So, first of all, that that moves us to where we where we took them. We took them definitely. We never took them to the to the beach um, cities like a place called Phuket and those kinds of places, which are the famous places where everyone wants to go. However, we took the, we took them up north. Don't ask me about exactly where because I don't know and I haven't. I, I don't know all the places. But one thing is, we were inland. Um, we we took them inland. We were never on beaches. We were all, the whole thing was inland. It was all into forests. It was on mountains. It was uh, there's a chabad there, 
all the food and the kosher food Probably was everywhere. done. In, uh, I think in Bangkok, they, they, went, they, went, they went Bangkok for about two days or something. They went to the Chabad. It was during Hanukkah. They, they, they went to a Hanukkah um, uh, lighting. You know how Chabad, Chabad always do these Hanukkah lightings in, in public lightings? And the whole group, apparently, this is what I heard from Rabbi Ziskin, is that they went. It was the most inspirational Hanukkah lighting. Uh, they connected to Hanukkah over there. It was, it was unbelievable. The whole, the whole city is buzzing and everything. Everyone came out. All the Jews, he said. All the Israelis from the from, who, who are there in Thailand, when, everywhere. When, and everywhere, they all came out, and there was like uh, over like thousands of Jews standing by this thing. In That's the question I want to ask on yeah. because I, I see it a lot and I hear it a lot that people get very connected and inspired away from home. Why do we get so touched when we're far away from home with the things that when we're home we don't even want to look at? That's a brilliant question you're asking. Brilliant question because one of the things that Rabbi Ziskin spoke about when he spoke about this uh, experience, this Hanukkah experience, it was his first time to Thailand. And when he came through and he said whenever there was an Israeli that came out of a shop from here and a shop from there, and whenever he saw them, that it was uh, Shalom Achi. Everybody, everyone <laughs> looks at each other and everyone's saying hello. Whereas in, if they were at home, you would a lot of the time people would just walk straight past and you wouldn't actually say hello to them. But when they're in this foreign place, when they see another brother, another another Jew that's out there, together with them, they feel a sense of unity. They feel a sense of uh, connection because you're Jewish and I'm Jewish and we're in a foreign place that w- w- which we, we don't often want to, we don't see um, people that we know so when we see someone who's a Jew so, so it's, there's like an automatic um, connection and that experience was an experience both for our rabbi who went on the trip Rabbi Ziskin as well as all the students had a tremendous experience it was like an amazing amazing thing right. for them that was one experience that they had over there it's amazing yeah. that we always want to go places that we'll say, I want to go on a holiday and not see anybody I know. And then when you see somebody, you get so excited. Yeah. It's like amazing. Yeah. And just before we move on, if anybody of the listeners, I, 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 I'm sure you have so much to add and so much input. And it's fascinating, the discussion. So just a reminder, 34519 is an SMS line. Any questions for Rabbi Karp or any comments? I'm wondering to hear what you got to think about this concept of taking young uh, Jewish kids as a traditional trip or traditional connection to Thailand. Let's hear your thoughts. 34519 is SMS line 061-895-1019. You could send a WhatsApp. WhatsApp line is 061-895-1019. Or you could even call in at 010-140-3020. Let's hear your thoughts about this. So we were, we're right now discussing this trip, and I'm sure it's part of a full-year program. It's not a once-off, or it's and like, what happens with what? What do you do with the students during the full year time? Because I, I right. know students are the are the future generation who the net the future leaders. We always hear about that. So, what do you do with the leaders of tomorrow today? Very, very good. So, the the trip itself was only a ten day trip, and uh, with many other experiences that they had. Uh, Rabbi Jamie Carland, who was who, who's part of Justify, came on the trip and was able to um, uh, inspire them um, on this trip in the forests and in the mountains. Just to, before before I get on to what we do with the rest of the the, the year, um, just to give you a, a little bit of an idea, which is quite a very interesting concept with regards to Thailand, is that on a Thailand trip like this, there's no classroom time. 
there's no such thing as classroom time, which is phenomenal because because a lot of the time um, students have got a negative um, association with going and sitting in a classroom to learn. So what they do is is they go, the whole thing is experiential. So when they get to a mountain in the forest on a hike, wherever they're getting, so then everyone sits around. They make a little bonfire. They sit around, and then the rabbi gives it's gives places over. without reception. Huh? Probably you are. It's got to be a place without reception. Yes, for sure. I mean, these places are like in the middle of nowhere. And when you're experiencing like that, so there's there's an aspect of growth. There's an aspect of um, connecting in a way that's very, very positive for these for these students. Whilst connecting to them in, in Thailand, that I think the goal is to build the relationship, to connect with them and to see, wow, rabbis are normal. They can also come with us and have a good time in place, of course, in a kosher way, in the right way. But we, but we can experience together and we can be normal and we can be a part of what of their lives and we can be there for them to help them grow and to be there on their journey in life um, as Jews connected to their Yiddishkeit etc so when they when we come back from Thailand of course we, we, we now have had an experience with them and we've had we, we've had an opportunity to to really get into their lives in a in a real way but when, when you go away and you, you're not in you're not at home so and, and you're together so the bond becomes very very strong so that's a Starting point to the that's relationship. A star- that's a starting point wow. to the relationship. I would right. have thought of it as a end off a relation uh, of uh, a long progress, but that's actually a starting point. That's a starting point. That's a, that's, that's how you get them to 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 connect with you. Once they connect with you, when you come back and and um, since the Thailand trip, we we did uh, we did a Shabbaton. We took that whole group plus they brought friends, so it was even a bigger group. I think this this group was about twenty people, and I think about between forty and fifty people went on the Shabbaton. And it was uh, we brought out one of the sp- international speakers from Asia Torah, Rav, uh, Rav Dov Ber um, Cohen. He came out from uh, an old friend of mine and an old friend of of, of ours, and um, they loved him. He he was uh, he, he he before he became from he was involved with uh, martial arts and with uh, um, Eastern type meditation and things like that. And now he's a rabbi and and, and teaches Jewish meditation and things like that. Spiritual things, so he we they we took him with on the Shabbaton, and um, the, the experience was fantastic for them. That was like the next so connection, on, so to speak. So that was the move on. So when we move on into the program, what are really when we look at today's students, what are the main um, topics that really interest them, that they really involve, that they really care about? Um, and I'm sure there's been a, a change in the past ten, twenty years in between what students find interest in. What what is it today? That's a very good question. Also, um, uh, the the things that peop that that kids are wanting to understand today, I think, is it always comes down to relationships, relationships. How to deal with relationships? Because unfortunately, in the world that we live in today, there's so many broken relationships. With, all the way from from so much divorce and broken homes to um, difficulties from parents to children, difficulties teachers to children, etc., which I know you, uh, you know 
that you're involved in, in the Kinnis children the discuss over here. And there's, there's, there's so many issues that are coming up today. ADD, people can't focus on anything, internet issues, things with phones. You know, students of today, for them to be able to concentrate for even five minutes on a subject sometimes can be very, very difficult because before, there's a WhatsApp, there's a buzz, there's a this, there's a that. So, so how do you keep them, how do you keep them focused? How do you keep them entertained and whatever it is? Today you have to entertain students. If you're not giving them an experience, if you're not giving them something that they can tap into that's that's going to be a wow, unbelievable that they connect to, so then you're going to lose them in the first five minutes of trying to talk to them. If you mention God to some of them, if you if you mention Shabbos or you mention Kashrus or you mention things that sound religious. They'll just report you spam. Yeah, and, uh, that's and, in yeah, their exactly. language. They don't want, they're not interested in that. But once you say relationships, what you know? What about relationships? What about marriage? What about how to deal with your parents and things like that? Without saying the words kibudava aim, you know, honor your mother and your father. But in, without getting into um, those types of things, we're dealing with those types of things. But it's how you present it. It's how you talk to them. It's how you speak to them about about the issues in their life. They they've got issues. People have got things that are bothering them, and we have to try and tap in to what is bothering our generation today more than more than uh, anything. Else in the it's world. kind of scary what you're saying, I have to say, because we know that uh, to be interested in something and to be interested in information, especially students that have all the information and they're getting information all day long, it's got to be something that they're craving, that they really want, really feel a need to get. And you're talking about a generation that you could see fully across that are craving relationships. They feel exactly. this is the area we don't have. This is what we're missing. Why is it so? Why? How did we get to that point? How we got to that point? Uh, that's a, probably a bigger discussion than we can uh, have a, today. Right. But ultimately, but how can we you know, fix it? How can we do something? I, I had an experience. Yeah. I'll, I'll just share with you. Friday night, not this one, but the one before, we went out to the family. We were walking home, and as we walk home, um, one of the kids. Obviously, it's night, tired, climbed on my wife, and she dropped uh, her earring, and it fell in the dark in the middle of the street here in Johannesburg. So we stopped, and we started looking in the floor to try to find it. Two, three minutes into the search, a young family passes, a mother, two teenage kids, and she stops, and she says, how can I help? And we said, well, we dropped the earring. And she was like, okay, let me try to help. So obviously, her son was very embarrassed or whatever, you know, were Jewish teenagers and he had to take a step forward but um, but they were with us for like three four or five minutes whatever it is and finally when we gave up her, their young daughter actually said oh here it is and she found it and I was walking back home and I was thinking to myself it was Shabbos and obviously that's where they were walking that's the way we were walking and that's how we got this beautiful moment of with random people that we don't know and I was talking is that even possible to happen in a situation like that during the weekdays? Is it even possible that two people would be walking in the street, one would have a problem, the other one would identify it, walk up to them, have this creative conversation? Or we're in a world that we're so isolated and there's like nothing to communicate, especially with somebody you don't know. Right, as it's a it's, it's a very powerful thought that you that you're presenting. You're showing that um, how how the power of Shabbos. Shabbos is uh, it's opportunity. It's a, it's, it's a relationship. It's opportunity, opportunity for relationship. Very, very, very much like that. Sure. And I think. Uh, 
um, perhaps that, that just on that note is that that's one of the things that we at Asia Torah um, are very big on and that is inviting inviting people to our houses our homes for, for Shabbos we're always inviting people we want tables filled with people to show people what it means to, to, to have relationships with family relationships, to show people what it means to be able to come and have a, a, a proper Shabbos meal. So we, so, so we doing that, we, I think, I don't know if it was last year or the year before we did some statistics on how many meals, we have six full-time rabbis at Asia Torah. So how many meals between the six of us, um, actually how, how many people did we serve over the year? And I think we, we came up with a number of something like four and a half, four and a half thousand meals over 365 days wow. um, in the in the year of, of people so coming to our houses. That's during the week as well. It's during the week. Uh, uh, no, it's mainly, it's mainly Shabbos. Ma- mainly Shabbos meals. Shabbos uh, during the week as well. I mean, we always we always happy to have people hanging out with us. We're always spending time with them. One of the big things that we're very into is one-on-one connections with people. We have our programs. We have our learning programs that we do. But ultimately, the reason why we're so um, rabbi-heavy, so to speak, as we have six full-time rabbis, is because we need manpower to be able to deal with individuals. We believe the only way that you're going to help someone grow is by building a personal relationship with them, understanding that, showing them that you love them and that you're here for them in, when, when they need in whatever way we could help and help them. And when they feel that they're being loved and I think that's the probably the the core and the biggest issue that's when we're talking about relationships is that they want to feel loved. They want to feel the love, and when someone loves them, then they will listen to that person, and then we can start speaking to them about Shabbos and Kibbutz Avaim and Tefillin and Kashrus and the greatness of what the Torah does. It's all about the relationship. It's all about the relationship and and understanding that the the connection. I have I have to say that. Um, I remember a very inspiring moment personally the, the first time I met the late Rabbi Weinberg uh, in Aish I I walked into his office and he was sitting there with his beautiful office uh, the window straight to the coast to the Koisa and he and he looked at me and he said do you see this office I said, do you look at this beautiful office I have it with the window straight to the Koisa I said yeah fascinating and he said do you know how I got it and I said, tell me. And he said, because many years ago, I decided to open up an institution for students. And I failed, and it closed. So then I tried again, and I went bankrupt. And then I tried again, he told me. And with a friend, and I lost it, it went to somebody else. And then I tried again, and that's how I got my office. I think that's a very powerful meaning, and I want to hear how we feed into the students and that question of not failing, because I find a lot of our generation today, we, I see it a lot, if it fails once or twice, we're not going to try again. But before we deal with that, we do have to take one more short break. I don't know if one more, but another short break, and we'll be right back. Two hours every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. 101.9 High FM, Chai Chinuch We are back in the middle of a fascinating conversation with Rabbi Shlomo Karpis, who is the person in between Aish community and the communication with the larger community. 
um, discussing many important topics. But before we go continue into the interview, I just have an announcement that was to read. The American Hebrew Academy is the only international Jewish boarding high school in the world preparing students ages 14 to 19 for future university study. The American Hebrew Academy is located in the United States and has welcomed Jewish teenagers from 38 countries to in, enroll in its present, um, prestigious schools um, and a beautiful state of the art, 405,000 square meter compass. The American Hebrew Academy offers Jewish teenagers a rigorous academic program sports, arts, and social activities in an environment rich in Jewish life, culture, history, tradition, and love for Israel. Please join American Hebrew Academy Responsive at Reception and Information um, Season Monday. Okay, so please join the American Academy on Monday, May 14th from 7 to 9 p.m. at the African Pride Hotel. First floor, Melrose Square. Drinks and kosher food will be served. The American Hebrew Academy looks forward to meeting you. You can learn more about the American Hebrew Academy and visiting the website at www.americanhebrewacademy.org. Okay, so that's the announcement we got from the American Hebrew Academy. So we are in the middle of this uh, fascinating conversation regarding um, the ability of continuing powerfully even by fail after fail after fail, which was a very big thing in Aish. And how do students today relate to that, of trying again and again? I mean, we live in a generation that when you're watching something on YouTube, if you don't like it within three seconds, you just jump to the next one and the next one and the next one. So how do we deal with failure today? Right. So, I mean, just to just to strengthen what you're saying, um, I once heard from one of my rabbis that the generation that we're living in today is what we call, um, the parable is we call it the microwave generation, which is the instant gratification generation. With so much at our fingertips, with just the press of a button, being able to um, communicate from here to the other side of the world um, and getting answers immediately. So the concept of waiting around um, and and not being and, and not getting answers or results straight away uh, puts people into a position where if they try something, so if it doesn't work, so we give up. Try something else. There's, there's so there's so much out there. We never ever stick to one thing. So that's that's one of the things that um, we want to try and um, counter. Maybe that's one of the subjects that we're trying to teach over to a lot of people in in our generation. That failing doesn't is not necessarily a negative thing. That failing is is actually probably one of the most positive things that a person can do because when we fail, we learn where we went wrong and what we can do to. Improve ourselves, so we try again, and I think I think the so that's the, part of the learning process. It's part of the learning process, and I think that the um, I think that the the thing which comes to mind straight away, and regard when you were speaking about Rav Nach, is that Rav Nach was a person. He was a very big person. He didn't so much look at where his 
in individual personal strengths were as opposed to looking at the world. He had a concept that if you look at the world and you see the world, and we as the Jewish people have got an achrayas, and uh, we, we have a responsibility to the world. We're supposed to be a um, light unto the nations as the Jewish people, and we are the people who have to do a tikkun ha'olam, the fix, fixing up of the world. That means that if we look into the world and we see the problems in the world, we see that whatever the problems might be, we have to take responsibility for that. And so what he used to do is he would look and say, hey, look what's going on in the, in the world we're living in. We need to stand up and take responsibility. So he would attempt to try and take responsibility to fix the issues that are going on in the world. When he failed, he realized that, okay, I tried this. It didn't work. But the focus didn't change. I still have to fix what's going on in the world. So if it didn't work this way, so I'm going to have to try a different way. We'll try or Thailand. If you can't get students to Israel, so then take them to Thailand. You've got to do something. You can't stop trying to do it. One way or another, you have to be dynamic. You have to be on the ball and you have to be able to come up with new ways to reach people. And that's fascinating. We will get, we do have to take a very short, uh, last break for the show and we will be right back right afterwards. I have to say that my grandfather who learned with Rabbi Weinberg in Yeshiva many years ago told me that when he started, everybody told him, don't even start. There's no chance this is going to work. And you're doing amazing in learning and see what happened from that. But short break, we'll be right back. This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 HiFM. 101.9 HiFM, HiChinuch Dorbeji. We are back to the last part of the show. And I think the most important question that I need, still need to ask Rabbi Karpis, who's here from H, and he's here with me in the show today, is... We've discussed in the past hour lots of amazing work you do with the, in the, within your community. And I'm, there's much more on the list that we haven't gotten to. But the big question is how open you are for, are you for the people that are outside your community? Where do you engage? Where do you come and you tell students, you're not involved in our community. You're not involved in any community. Please come. We're here for you. So that's, I mean, that is exactly what we are trying to do. We are trying to reach out to as many people outside of the community or are not connected to anything and trying to bring them uh, into the community or create, if, if I could say, create a community. We're always open to creating new communities. You know, sometimes you find that people would be intimidated or be overwhelmed if you said to them, you know, come join our already established um, community of uh, young couples with uh, lots of young children on Shabbos. A lot of students would say, you know, um, that's not for me. That's not where I want to be. I would rather be in a place where, where my friends are. So we are always open to, you know, creating new things and bringing people in to things that might not even exist yet, and please God to 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 develop things that are going to be good for them. That's that, that, that we have to be dynamic. We have to go out and see what will people connect to. If we want to connect to them, we have to show them that we care about what they feel and what they think. And back that's back to relationship. Love them, show them, th- think about, do research, find out what they want, and trying to create try and create that for them. So at the end of the day, you take it as your responsibility to reach out to the community. Exactly. And I don't know how common that really is uh, and how the response to it are. But when you come to a, a teenager and, and or a student or a young couple and you're not really involved and engaged with them, what's the approach? How can you 
connect to somebody who feels unconnected sure that's a that's that, that's that's the that's the the famous question that everyone wants to know the answer and the reality and I, and I left only two minutes for but okay. yeah. <laughs> so we've got, so, so we'll, we'll leave it we'll leave it like this the reality is is that I think every person is different I think every personality is different some people connect with certain people in one way other people connect with other people in other ways Baruch Hashem thank God we have um, a variety of people that are on our staff that are connecting with different types of people and um, and, and we, we everyone's got their style each one is different and you have to know you if you, you're an extrovert you're going to go out and, 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 and say hello to someone and, and, and do something thing maybe if you've got one minute i'll just share one idea there was a there was a great man his name was uh um mayor schuster he used to walk around the kotel in, in, in his lifetime he was an introvert he was a person who wasn't so people he wasn't such a people's person but he believed in the cause of reaching out to people and he walked around the kotel to try and get into conversations with people and the way that he did it was he'd walk up to someone tap them on the shoulder and he'd say, excuse me, do you have the time? And the person would say, sure. And he'd lift up his watch and he'd say, the time is uh, whatever the time was, 10 o'clock. He'd say, have you ever heard of a yeshiva? Have you ever heard of a, ra- of a big rabbi? Would you like me to take you to a big rabbi that, that, that you could ask your questions? And then the person would say, are they no, leave me alone? Or he'd say, yes, please. And he would often take them up to Rav Noach, who had lived in the, in the old city. Old city. Yeah. So that yeah. and 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 what's fascinating is I think that Rabbi Schuster, the late Rabbi Schuster, he got as many no's as he got yeses, and he still has saved hundreds. I think there's even a song uh, that was written to, uh, with his name in, and we didn't even get to the South African connection of Rabbi Einstein, who was with him, and uh, yeah. with so much more to discuss. One last thing, because I really really have to end off the show before you give your details of connection. Is there anything that somebody could? Uh, contact H for and H would say sorry that's not our field we can't help you or you're there for it. anything I think um, I think the reality is is that yes we do have to be focused we are focusing on um, certain people in the community Baruch Hashem South Africa is blessed with tremendous um, uh, organizations that are servicing uh, people in different sects and different and different parts of of life and different places within their life and so we our, our focus is reaching out to those people that are out there that don't have such a close connection to anything Jewish. Okay, That's so how do people get to is. you? At so the way people get it to us is the Asia Torah number is 011-485-2985. And if anyone wants to contact me directly, my number is 083-269-2511. 2511 Thank you, Rabbi Carbis, for being with us. Thank you for We really me. have to end. Thank you, Craig, for running this show. Thank you, Mandy, for everything. 101.9 Chai FM Chai Chinuch Torbaji. We will be in touch, please, God, next week. Thank you so much. Good.